Welcome to the Experience Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message. It's our prayer that this message is not only an encouragement, but a blessing to your life. I want to welcome everyone today as we continue on in our series called Running with the Giants. Now, before we do, let me first welcome all those joining us online, along with all the men and women joining us in our correctional ministry throughout our country and in the country of Belize, in the Belize Central Prison. Man, we love you guys. We believe in you. We're praying for you. Come on, Defiance. Help me welcome our church family today. Well, I'm excited to introduce to you today Pastor Josh Whitlow from Cedar Creek Church, who will be bringing the message to us. Now, I first met Josh almost 10 years ago when he first became an intern at Cedar Creek Church in Toledo, Ohio. And it was clear back then that God had a call on his life. Now, he would eventually become a staff member where he oversaw their student ministries. And then a few years later, he became one of their campus pastors. And now God has called him and his family to leave the promised land of Ohio and go plant a church in Phoenix, Arizona. Josh and his family will be moving in a few weeks to plant Purpose Church. Now, as a church planner myself, I know what it's like to step out of your comfort zone and follow God into a place you've never been. But man, we believe in Pastor Josh and the call that's on him and his family's life. And we're honored to have him bring the message today that God has laid on his heart. And so if you could help me give an experienced church welcome to Pastor Josh Whitlow. Well, good morning. Thank you so much for having me today. I love your pastors, Kyle and Justina. A couple weeks ago, I got to get lunch with Pastor Kyle. He was sharing me all of his wisdom, being able to hear the story of all that God has done through Experience Church here and what God is doing through you is absolutely amazing. As we get started today, I just wanna kind of introduce myself and my wife, my beautiful wife, Jess. In two weeks, we have been married for almost seven years, okay? In two weeks, almost seven years. You see, seven years doesn't get too much applause, apparently, around here. You gotta be like married 50 years to get those types of applause. But I'll tell you what, you can't get to 50 if you don't get to seven, okay? All right, come on. Now, I know I'm the guest speaker, but I'm gonna take you back to a special night, our wedding night, all right? So hanging out at our wedding, my wife's excited about dancing the night away, hanging out with our friends, all that stuff, right? And like, I'm excited for that as well, but I'm excited for some of the festivities that were gonna happen after the reception, okay? And I'm thinking about all that, like during the wedding reception, but I'm having fun. And then finally, I'm looking at my watch. I'm like, all right, it's time to go. It's time to go. It's time to go. And we finally leave. And as we leave, we head over to our 500 square foot apartment that was always way too hot. We later found out it had black mold in it, um, but that's another story for another time. And we get up to our door, wedding night, about to walk in, and I look at my keychain, and the key's not there. And I'm thinking, it's okay. I gave the key to Jess yesterday because she was with the bridesmaids at our apartment. She's got the key. So I look at my beautiful wife, who I've been married to for now six hours. And I say, Jess, you got the key, right? She looks back at me. She says, no, I don't have the key. I gave it to Jasmine, my, you know, bridesmaid to give her the key because I knew I wasn't gonna be able to have it. I don't have the key. 
okay? Wait a long time for this moment. <laughs> Guess I'm gonna wait a little bit longer. And now I'm getting into full strategic mode, you know what I mean? Like I'm thinking, is there a window open? No. I, now I'm, I'm like mentally thinking, how much is it going to cost if I break this door open? And then I think to myself, I would probably have to pay and we don't have the money to be able to pay for that. And honestly, I don't have like the muscles like Pastor Kyle. There's, there's no way I'm gonna be able to break through that door. So we end up having to call our friends, Jasmine and Thomas. They drive over, they give us the key. We get to open up the door and we get to do all that other stuff, which was great. But we had to wait a little bit longer. And you know, there's moments and times in our life where we have such an excitement for the future, Right? that we forget about some of the things that we need to do in the moment in order to be able to experience the future that we want in the future. You see, your unhealthy focus on tomorrow will limit how God wants to use you today. You see, some of you, you're so excited about all the things that God wants to do in your life in the future that you're missing out on what God wants to do through you right now and today. Now, some of you, maybe you're not necessarily too excited about the future, because you're so overwhelmed with today. I mean, you look at your marriage, you look at your finances, you look at the state of our country, you look at all these different things and you're like, I'm not even thinking about the future. I'm just overwhelmed with today. And sometimes when we get so overwhelmed with today, we have an unhealthy focus on today that ultimately limits how God wants to use us today as well. You see, when we're overcome by, by fear and stress and anxiety, we can forget about all that God wants to do through us right here in this present moment. So we, we get too focused on tomorrow. We can sometimes have an unhealthy focus on today and in other areas, sometimes we can get a little too focused on the past. About uh, three years ago, we saved up our money. This was pre-kids and, and we said, we wanna go to Italy. That's our goal. So we saved up, right? My wife and I, and by we, I mean she wanted to go to Italy, which I was like, not really in. I'm not like a big flyer or whatever. I didn't really wanna to go to Europe and some of you think I'm crazy, but I was like, I love the United States. Like there's a lot of stuff to do here, but we'll do it because I love you. So we go to Italy and this was in June. So it was very hot in Italy, uh, but the NBA finals were happening. I don't know if you're into basketball at all, but the Golden State Warriors were playing the Cleveland Cavaliers and I love LeBron James. Okay, like I believe that LeBron James is the GOAT, the greatest of all time. Now, some of you think I'm crazy and you're not even gonna listen to anything I say for the rest of the time because you think it's Michael Jordan, but I believe it's LeBron James, okay? I know. So I wake myself up at like 5 a.m. because there's this time change to watch the Golden State Warriors against the Cleveland Cavs. It's the first game. And I don't know if you remember this game, uh, but the Cavs were not supposed to win the game. They weren't supposed to win the series, but they are winning the entire game. And it gets to the point where it's tied and there's a player on the Cleveland Cavs named J.R. Smith. And there's like five seconds left on the clock. He gets a rebound. The game is tied and all he has to do is lay the ball back in and they are going to win the game. But he thought they were winning by one. So he takes the ball and he runs back to the three-point line and he doesn't shoot the ball. And they end up having to go to overtime. They end up losing to overtime. And here's a picture of LeBron James' reaction to J.R. Smith. Can we put that up there? <laughs> what are you doing? Like, dribble, like shoot the ball. And here's the thing. I'm in Italy, right? I'm, I'm in a great place. We're having fun. The next day I wake up and I cannot get over that game. Like, I am just like, we're sitting there, hanging out, we're eating, you know, all this different stuff. And I'm just like, I can't believe J.R. Smith did not shoot that ball. And my wife's looking at me like, Josh, shut up. 
Like, dude, get over it. Why do you care about this game so much? Like, we're in Italy. We've saved up for this moment, and you can't stop thinking about a basketball game that doesn't affect your life in the slightest? Someone's saying amen. She's looking at her husband. She's like, that game doesn't matter, bro. It doesn't affect your life. But I couldn't get over it. And here's what I know is that sometimes we can have such an unhealthy focus on yesterday. We can get such an unhealthy focus on the past that it limits how God wants to use us today. So I don't know where you're at today. In fact, you can probably cycle through all of these different experiences in a day. Sometimes you're so focused on the future. Sometimes you're overwhelmed by today. Sometimes you're so focused on what you did in the past that you're forgetting about all that God wants to do through you today. So the question is, how can we experience the today that God wants to have for us? We're in this series called Running With Giants, and I wanna take a moment to talk about a man today named David. And David is a Goliath in the faith, and he ultimately defeated a giant in Goliath. And I think what David does is he shows us the power in today. And that when we face the today and we experience the today, and when we're faithful in today, all that God can do. So let me give you a little bit of a background here, okay? So you have David. And if anybody could have been frustrated with their placement, it would have been David. He was an overlooked shepherd. His brothers weren't really into him. And uh, he eventually gets to be anointed as the king of Israel, but it didn't really matter at that point because uh, King Saul was still in place and nobody really knew who David was and he was still the shepherd. And just the shepherd was like, that was not the greatest role at the time. So David's doing his shepherd thing and at times he could have been frustrated And finally, uh, Goliath and the Philistines are facing off against the nation of Israel. And David is not at battle because he's a shepherd. He's got seven brothers. Three of his brothers are at the camp, okay? They are in battle. And every single day, Goliath is coming out. He's cursing against the Israelite people. He's cursing against God. And nobody wants to fight Goliath. And one day, David is looking over his sheep, and his dad comes over to him and says, says this. One day, Jesse said to David, take this basket of roasted grain and these 10 loaves of bread and carry them quickly to your brothers and give these 10 cuts of cheese to their captain. See how their brothers are getting along and bring back a report on how they are doing. And this leads us to our first point. How can you make a difference today? How can you experience God today if you're taking notes today? We need to trust that extraordinary outcomes begin with ordinary obedience. Extraordinary outcomes begin with ordinary obedience. David had absolutely no idea the ramification of how him obeying his father in this one moment was going to put him in a position to experience the greatest accomplishment of his life in defeating Goliath. He had no idea how obeying his father in this small moment would alter the trajectory of his life. And that's what ordinary obedience is. It's common. It's the right thing to do. It's insignificant in the moment but it's significant when you look back at it. You see, David, he ends up beating Goliath. And the reason that David was put in this position is because he was obedient in the moment. His father asked him to go, so he went. 
Could you imagine if David didn't go? Could you imagine if he looked back at his dad and he said, you know what, dad, I don't want to go. That's not my job. My job is to look over the sheep. In fact, the sheep are doing really well. We're building up some good chemistry right now. I don't think I want to do this. Why don't you just go ask my brother Ozem to do it? Like maybe we wouldn't be naming our kids David. We would be naming our kids Ozem. What if you look at his dad and say, I'm just, I'm busy with the sheep. Get back to me when this busy season slows down, dad. Dad, I would love to do that. But man, I really, I'm just really enjoying the show on Netflix. I really want to watch Israel's Got Talent right now. And I just, I don't think this is the time for me to do this. See, if you don't obey God in the small things, you're never going to see him do big things. What does it mean to live out ordinary obedience? You see, bigger and better in God's eyes is often small and insignificant in everyone else's eyes. You see, we look at other, other people and they're looking at us and thinking, man, we got to do these big, amazing things for God or we got to do big, amazing things in this business. And God's oftentimes just like, are you going to take the first step today? You see, David didn't put himself in a position to, to defeat Goliath by doing something big. He did it by obeying in the moment. So I got a question for you. Where's God calling you to obey today? Not tomorrow. You don't need to experience shame and regret from the past and yesterday. Where is God calling you to obey today? And here's the thing. If you're waiting for the perfect time to obey, it's never going to come. There's a verse in Ecclesiastes 11.4. This might be a good one to memorize, okay? If you wait for perfect conditions, you will never get anything done. I don't know if any of you are like that. Everything's got to be perfect in order for you to, to do that thing. You see, this, is, this isn't just like a, a spiritual principle when it comes to our relationship with God. This is an everyday principle. I mean, some of you are sitting here today and you're like, man, I, I want to be healthy. I want to be healthy. I want to be healthy. But you're always waiting for the perfect circumstances to go to the gym. I want to be healthy. I want to be healthy. I want to be healthy. But you eat ice cream every single night. <laughs> like there's just some things where if you take these small steps today, it can lead to something big. Some of you, you wanna do big things for God. Maybe you wanna get engaged in the church, but you've never taken that first step. Some of you wanna get connected, but maybe you've never went to Connect Track or you've never gotten plugged into a group and, and God's looking at you. When are you going to take the step that I've called you to take? And if you ever have a question of, of where God wants you to obey, if you're ever looking for a way to make a difference, I am just gonna give you a very simple way that you can make a difference today. If you wanna see God do something amazing tomorrow, go out and love somebody today. Amen. Like in its simplest form, obviously Jesus talks about the great commandment is to love God and to love others. If you wanna make a difference, just go love people. As you love people, as you take those steps, as you're following God, God has the ability to do incredible things. I've heard someone say, that we overestimate what we can do in a year and we underestimate what we can do in a decade. We can get so focused on, I can do so much right now. And what if it's just the small steps time after time? Comedian Eddie Cantor said this, it took me 20 years to become an overnight success. <laughs> small steps over time, being obedient, God can do incredible things.
David never knew what hung in the balance of his decisions to obey, and neither do you. God can do incredible things in you and through you. So the verse continues on, and let me give you a quick context here. So David gets to the camp. He starts having conversations with everybody about what's going on, and he finds out the whole situation when it comes to the war and how Goliath's coming out every day. Nobody wants to face Goliath. It's ultimately like a one-on-one match. Whoever wins this one-on-one match, they are going to rule over the other people. So it's not everybody fighting against each other. It's just Goliath and whoever the nation of Israel selects. This happens for 40 days. I'm sure King Saul, King Saul, remember, he is the king at the time. I'm sure he was getting restless. Then one of his employees comes up to him and here's how I imagine the conversation goes. I imagine his assistant or his employee comes up to him and says, King Saul, I got great news. We found someone to fight Goliath. But I got some bad news as well. He's not in the military. He hasn't been trained. He's 14 years old can't drive a car yet. He's a shepherd, but he plays a mean harp. (laughs) What's amazing about the Bible is we actually have a picture of King Saul's reaction to the assistant. Here's the picture of King Saul's reaction. (laughs) Actually, I'm sorry. That's the King James version. (laughs) David, Looks at King Saul and here's what he says to him in 1 Samuel 17, 32. Don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. David doesn't just say, I'll do it. Don't you love his confidence? Don't worry about it. Like David, I'm worried. Kick your feet up, King Saul. I got this. Don't worry. I've been practicing on Fortnite. I got this. You don't have to worry at all. This is how he responds. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy. And he's been a man of war since his youth. Goliath has been in the military longer than you've been alive. There's no way you can defeat him. You know what really sticks out to me in this verse? You're only a boy. Has has anyone ever put a label on you? Has anyone ever told you you couldn't do something because of your past? Because of your upbringing? Because of your socioeconomic class? What are the labels that you're still holding on to? And God's telling you to shut off because you have things that God wants you to accomplish. One of the things that this shows us, and this is our second point, is how can you make a difference today? You need to trust that faith, not your fill in the blank, will determine how God uses you. I didn't fill this one in because you gotta fill this in. I don't know what your label is. I don't know what's holding you back from all the things that God wants to do in your life, but I'm sure there's something. I'm sure there's something in your past. I'm sure there's something in your mind right now that I can't be used by God in this way because of fill in the blank. Let me give you a couple examples that maybe potentially are holding you back today. So for David, it was was faith, not your age, will determine how God uses you. Saul said, you're only a boy. 
For some of you, it could be like you're only in middle school or you're only in high school, you're only in college, you can't start a business right now, you're not old enough, you don't have enough experience, you're too young to make a difference. Most people who are in your position are way older. Maybe God will work through you tomorrow, but not today. You're too young. Some of you, it's the opposite. You're too old. Life's passed you by. You can't do this anymore. Your best days are behind you. You're not relevant anymore. If you've ever felt this or heard this, I wanna tell you, God didn't care about David's age. He cared about David's faith. God doesn't care about your age. He cares about your faith. He can make a difference with you where you are, no matter how old you are. Another way, it's a faith. Not your education will determine how God uses you. Some of you are just like, I'm not smart enough. <laughs> I barely graduated high school. I didn't go to college. I made it through, but it was a major struggle. I'm just not competent enough. You know what one of my favorite verses in scripture is? There's a, there's a scripture in Acts, and let me give some context. You have Peter and John who are leading the early church, and they're doing incredible things. And the people, the religious elite at the time, they are frustrated with Peter and John because so many people are coming to know Jesus, and they're like, we gotta do something about this. So they have this conversation with each other, and they're like, how in the world is all of this happening because of this? In Acts chapter four, verse 13, it says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Unschooled, ordinary, doesn't matter. Why? Because they had been with Jesus. And when you're with Jesus, he has the ability to do incredible things in your life. Education is important. Growing and learning is important. But your education is not a prerequisite for you to be used by God. Some of you are like, I don't even know what the word prerequisite means. <laughs> you don't even have to know what that word means in order for you to be used by God. Here's a last potential example for you. Faith, not your occupation, will determine how God uses you. Some of you are just like, well, I'm, I'm just a stay-at-home parent or I'm just working at a desk. I'm just in retail. I'm just, whatever it is for you, would you stop saying that? And I'm not trying to be mean here, but I'm just trying to help you see your purpose. God can use you wherever you are to make a difference. Some of you, you're a stay-at-home parent and the greatest gift that you're gonna give the kingdom, it may not be something you do, but a person that you raise. So let's stay focused on where we are and what God wants to do through us. Some of you are saying, well, you know, I'm not on, I'm not on staff at Experience Church. There's no way God could ever use me. I'm not a pastor. I'm not this, I'm not that. Man, if you are a follower of Jesus, you are in full-time ministry, Okay. It doesn't matter whether you are paid or unpaid. God wants to use you where you are to make a difference. Your ability to make a difference is not determined by your age, your education, or your occupation. It is unleashed through your faith. The lid of your ability to make a difference is not determined by your age, education, or occupation. It is determined by the capacity of your faith. And with God, there is limitless potential in today. David was full of faith and we are to be as well. And there's a great reason that David had faith. So let's continue on in the next verse. First Samuel, uh, verse 17, verse 34 says this. 
But David persisted because Saul's given him pushback. I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. When a lion or bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club. And I take and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and I club it to death. Okay, now, now David, like that's, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> that's pretty impressive. Maybe this 14-year-old does have some type of skill. Maybe he does have some type of talent. And you know what David just showed us? He just showed us our third point. How can you make a difference today? You need to trust that today is preparing you for tomorrow. Today is preparing you for tomorrow. This is how God works. He wants us to have faith that he will work, but he also works through our faithfulness. If David ran away from the bears and the lions, he never would have been ready for Goliath. What are you running away from today that God wants to use you to prepare you for what he wants to do in you and through you in the future? God wants to work now. God has the ability to multitask. He can work through you now and he can prepare you now for the bigger things he has in store for you in the future. David stood confidently in front of Goliath because he woke up every single day and he said, I'm gonna be faithful as a shepherd. He wasn't lazy, he wasn't distracted. Even though there wasn't much fame or recognition in his current placement, he continued to prepare. Some of you want to experience the accolades, the success, the title, the accomplishments, but you do not have the humility of a shepherd. And there is no way God is going to use you to work in those ways when your chief motivation is the glory to yourself. It is by God and through God that he wants to work in you and through you. And God wants to do amazing things through you, but it is about him, not you. Were there times where David felt insignificant, overlooked and underappreciated as a shepherd? Yes, but those very times were what created in David the persistence and the faithfulness that dictated him being used to defeat Goliath. Do you feel insignificant? Do you feel overlooked today? Do you feel underappreciated? Good, because God wants to use that in you right now to build up the faithfulness and the persistence to do what he wants to do through you in the future. Don't be so excited to defeat the Goliaths of your life when God is calling you to be a shepherd right now. Be faithful where you are. Be faithful in the job that you're frustrated with currently because God still has the ability to use you right there. You see, your faith in what God will do tomorrow is reflected by your faithful obedience today. Do you want God to move in the future? Absolutely. How are you being faithful today to experience the future that you want tomorrow? You see, God is not looking to use some future version of you. He has placed you where you are right now for a reason. He's placed you where you are to make a difference. And what's so great about God is he has the ability to do that in you and through you now and prepare you for what he's gonna continue to do through you in the future. The verse continues on in 1 Samuel 17, 36, and it says this. I have done this to both lions, tigers, and bears. Oh my. You guys paying attention? Yeah. 
All right, good. I've done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it again to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. David had no idea that when he was fighting the lions and the bears, it was gonna be preparing him for the ultimate fight against Goliath. In the midst of our preparation, we rarely see how God is going to use it. Yet now, David could look back and know that the same God who delivered him from the bears and the lions was going to be the same God who delivered him from Goliath. The same God who is helping you in your life right now is going to be the same God that is going to deliver you in the future in the battles that you experience in your life. God wants to use you to make a difference. Here's what David knew. David knew that God's faithfulness yesterday would foreshadow his faithfulness tomorrow. God was faithful in the past. He's gonna continue to be faithful in the future. Some of you, you are so worried today and what you need to do is you need to sit down and you need to think about God's faithfulness in the past. Some of you, you're worried about your finances. He got you through before. He's going to get you through again. God was faithful in the past. He's gonna to continue to be faithful in the future. First Samuel 17, 37, our last verse says this. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine, Saul finally, Saul finally consented. He said, all right, go ahead and may the Lord be with you. You know what I love about this verse? It says, the Lord who rescued me. It wasn't David's intellect. It wasn't his strength. Did God use David? Absolutely, but it was the Lord who rescued me. David is attributing his success in his preparation to God. Essentially, he's saying, the reason God will make a difference through me isn't because I'm awesome. In fact, Saul, some of those labels that you gave me, maybe they are true. I am a boy but it doesn't mean that God can't use me. You may not be ready. I may not be ready. That may be true, Saul. But man, I got God on my side. And if I have God on my side, there's nothing that is going to be able to come against me that will flourish. Some of you, you need to hear this. Maybe there's some, some labels that people have placed on you. And at the time, maybe those labels were true. Like maybe you did struggle with follow, follow through. Maybe you did struggle with that certain area of your life. But man, when you follow Jesus, you are made new. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, right? So let's be the type of people that understand in the midst of whatever we're facing. God is going to bring us through. That's what I'm thankful for God. I'm thankful for what he has the ability to do in our life. And and ultimately, some of you, maybe you're saying, I, I, I just, I haven't seen the faithfulness of God the way that David's seen the faithfulness of God. And I just wanna challenge you for a moment. Yes, you have. And here's how I know this. Ultimately, and, and whenever you read scripture, just give you a quick tip here, especially in the Old Testament, we always have to look through the lens of not just the giant in, in scripture of the Old Testament or the hall of faith when you look at all of these people. Don't just look at through the lens of them and their story right? We have to look through it through the lens of Jesus, right? So whenever we read an Old Testament story, we got to be thinking, how is Jesus playing in the midst of this? And what I'm happy to tell you is that the story really actually isn't about David. It's about a future David. It's about a greater David. It's about a man that came from the line of David thousand years after David died. It's about Jesus. 
You see, he was sent to earth. He was fully God and fully man. He was sent to us because of our sin. And Jesus was obedient to the point of death and he defeated the Goliath of sin and death. You see, David defeated a physical giant. Jesus defeated a spiritual giant, our sin and our shame. And since Jesus died for us, we can be made right with God and understand that no matter what we're facing today, because he died, he was resurrected. The Holy Spirit lifted Jesus from the the grave and that same spirit lives and dwells and abides in you. And I believe that Jesus has a dream for all of us. He has a dream for experienced church. He has a dream for your life. His dream is to help you experience him in a powerful way. His dream is to help you learn how he has wired you so you can make a difference where you are today. God wants to use you where you are. And what's amazing is is that God has strategically placed you where you are to make a difference today. When we look at the story of the early church, it was a group of people who came together. You have 12 disciples and they turned it into a movement of thousands and thousands of followers of Jesus. And they were faithful in the midst of it. They weren't necessarily perfect. There were definitely trials. There were definitely difficult times, but in the midst of it, they continued to be faithful to Jesus and more and more people came to know Jesus. And the reason that we're here thousands and thousands of years later is because the early church understood the importance of God using them where they are. And this doesn't start tomorrow. It starts today. And God wants to use you where you are to make a difference. God has used this church in an absolutely incredible way. And he's gonna continue to do that. The best is yet to come. But in order for us to experience the best that is yet to come, it is understanding the power and the importance of today. Some of you, Maybe you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. That is your first step. It's believing what God has done through Jesus to die and to save us. So I wanna give you an opportunity right now, if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, to give you the opportunity now. So if everybody would go ahead and and bow their heads, close their eyes. If you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, I wanna give you the chance to be able to do that. You can go ahead and pray this prayer in the quietness of your own heart. Say, God, Thank you for your son, Jesus. I'm sorry for my sin. I'm sorry for the areas in which I've fallen short. But God, I wanna give you my life today. I wanna give everything to you today and I wanna follow you for the rest of my life. If you prayed that prayer today, you made the decision to follow Jesus. It says in Romans chapter 10 that if you confess with with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved that you get to experience eternity in heaven. But what's also amazing is you get to bring a little bit of heaven to earth, that you get to help other people make a decision to follow Jesus. So I wanna go ahead and take a moment to pray over the rest of this church. God, thank you so much for Pastor Kyle and Justina. Thank you so much for this staff and this team and every person that calls Experience Church home. God, thank you for your faithfulness in the past, all you have done over the last decade of ministry. And God, we are believing that you're gonna continue to move in the future. That God, 
you're gonna use this church to make a difference. There is nothing more important than a relationship with Jesus. So help this church be wholeheartedly focused on seeing more people come to know you, to experience your incredible grace because you are an incredible God. You love us more than we can ever imagine. You are faithful in the midst of whatever we're facing today. And the best life is found in following Jesus. So let this be a church that lifts up Jesus, praises Jesus, thanks Jesus in everything that they do because there is nothing more important than a relationship with Jesus. And we pray this in the powerful, amazing, matchless name of Jesus and the church said, amen. Thank you, everybody. Shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like an eagle and soar. They shall walk and not get weary. They shall run and uh, that's what happens when you wait. That's what happens when you wait. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like an eagle and soar. They shall walk and not get weary. They shall run. And I faith that's what happens when you wait. That's what happens when you wait. Oh, they that wait, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like an eagle and soar. They shall walk and not get weary. They shall run and I faith that's what happens. What happens when you wait on oh, they that wait, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like an eagle and soar. They shall walk, not get weary. They shall run and the faith. That's what happens when you wait. 
for joining us. We here at Experience Church love you and are praying for you. Until next time, remember that Jesus is our hope.